All right, welcome to this week's edition of Dugout Dish Podcast. As usual, uh, I'm joined by my co-host and esteemed colleague, Coach Glasser. Coach Glasser, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation. Had some interviews in the mix. We did some college college World Series picking, and we're going to get back to the recruiting trail here. And um, as you know, uh, summer, ba- summer baseball has kicked off, and this is the – the hectic time of year and uh, a lot of movement, a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things to consider, you know, especially if you're a 2024 who's trying to navigate this. So today's episode, we're going to walk through uh, a few select topics that hopefully inform um, and provide some information on some stuff, not only that's going to happen, but some tips on how to communicate with coaches, uh, how to navigate the, the showcase camp selection stuff, talk about visits um, and why they're important, um, how to respond to coaches, getting feedback and, and how you use that information, uh, and then talk about how to how to navigate through some offers because, you know, hopefully at this time of year for the 24th specifically, uh, hopefully you're going to be making some decisions on, on where you're going and you want to make sure that you're, you know, checking the correct boxes so that you have the information that you need and can make a decision that, you know, that your family and and yourself are going to be happy with, you know, not only from a baseball perspective, but academics and socially and all that good stuff that we talk about all the time. So why don't we kick it off? One of the things I think is really important for the players to understand is that this stuff doesn't, it's not going to happen for you. You have to take ownership of the process here, whether you're working with someone like me and you who've done this for 25 plus years and have a ton of information on how to do this. It still comes down to specifically for 24s, but 25s as well. They're recruiting you and you need to show that you're able to go out and email a coach. Hey, here's my schedule. Right. Coach, I'll follow up with you next week. Here's the schedule for next week's tournament. And I think one of the fundamentals that gets missed is that a lot of kids sit back and they think it's just going to happen because they play well at a tournament. Well, if nobody's there to watch you, uh, it doesn't really matter. And the only way these guys will be able to to get there and see you is if they know where you're going to be. And you know, there's a couple ways to do it. I'm a big fan of, of the email piece. And obviously, if you have contact information for the coaches who are recruiting you that's the easiest way hey coach here's my schedule for the super 17 this week i got games thursday friday saturday yada yada Uh, but i think one of the other ways it's kind of a sneaky way to do it that i don't think a lot of people consider and i don't see a ton of kids doing it um post it on twitter like just take a snapshot of your schedule and post it on twitter you don't need to tag all kinds of coaches but if coaches are following you your schedule will show up on a feed um it doesn't guarantee that they're going to be there, but they can't be there if they don't know, right? So even if they don't respond to an email, we've talked about this, they probably read it. And if they're at Super 17 this weekend or they're down at the Black Bear down in South Carolina and they have their that schedule on their list, they know what team you're playing for, they know when you're pitching or they know when you guys are going to play, uh, that's the only way that they're going to be there. Um and I think sometimes it, it takes time and it takes a little bit of effort. And that's the the thing that kids need to understand is that, you know, like if your tournament starts on Thursday and the schedule comes out on Monday, like you need to find a couple hours to get emails out on Tuesday. And you need to be diligent about getting those out. And, you, you know, you shouldn't expect everybody to respond, but you're only going to get people to show up if they know you're going to be there. And I know you have some thoughts on this, having, you know, been on the other side of this before. And I'd be curious to hear, you know, how you how you kind of preferred that players communicated with you on this. Yeah, the being able to to kind of own the process is, I, I think, the biggest thing in all of this. Right. The, you know, you have so many people that are going to be telling you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Mom and dad are sometimes sending emails, which we can kind of decipher pretty quickly. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I want to hear from you. Um, and, and the other part is like, 
you know, I, I was kind of old school in, in the communication. I like I, I've said this before. I came up with a lot of guys in this business who, you know, were around uh, for a very long time. And, and that's just how they did it. And that's how I was taught, um, you know, but uh, there are some people who might not respond all the time. And, and sometimes they will. And it, it might take a little while because, like, you, you get recruiting at, at the college level. Like, you're out there. You're at the field. You're at Super 17. I mean, man, you're going to be there from 8, 9 in the morning till, you know, sometimes 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. That's a long day. You're not checking email all day long. You're not responding to everybody, you know, so it's going to take a little while, you know, but if you send me your, your schedule while you're there, like I likely saw it and will follow up. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to respond right away, but you know, I, I have it. And if I can get to the game or, or it's there and I have you on the list to watch, like I, I'm going to watch you play. Um, you know, but to your point, if I don't know where you are or what's going on, then, you know, I can't show up to watch a play and there's nothing wrong with, you know, if I couldn't get to super 17, let's say, and you have a, a pretty good week and you have some highlights, like put them together and either put them on Twitter and tag the flat ground app and stuff like that. Or, you know, throw a quick video together on, on a YouTube page where, you know, it, you, it's owned by you and send the link out because, you know, at least for me, and I'll speak from my experience, I would take that link and put it right into our database. So in your profile, in our database is your YouTube page. So every time you email me or I see you out on the road, I, I can pull up that YouTube page and be like, okay, I, I remember this kid. This is, these are the videos I remember seeing. And it's pretty good. And it, it looks a little bit better live too. So, you know, there, there's a lot to be said about just taking, you know, two, three hours of your time and, and just hammering out some emails, you know, and I, I think the, the, the one big part too is, you know, try to avoid the, the mass email to, to everybody, you know, take a word doc out, write the same email, write one email and just copy and paste it in. You know, it, it makes you make sure that you have the right email address. You have the right coaching staff. You have the people it is that you're, you're trying to reach out to, 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 to come see you play and go from there. You know, it, it's, you know, a little bit more like the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, eventually, you know, people are going to be able to see you play. And, and then ultimately once they see you play, you know, you're going to get some feedback on it and then you're going to have to take that feedback for, you know, what it's worth. You know, sometimes it's going to be like, Hey man, we really like you. We want to get you to campus. Other times it might be like, Hey, we're, you know, we're not recruiting that position or, you know, it, it's just a little bit too short for us right now. These are the things that we would be looking for, you know, at this position, you know, let's say you're a shortstop and you run a seven, four, like, Hey man, like we're not recruiting guys in the middle who run a seven, four, you know, we're recruiting guys who run a seven, oh, or a six, eight, whatever it is. Um, you know, so to be able to kind of take that stuff, you know, and, and take that feedback and, and understand that it's not, it's not negative, right? It, it, it's them trying to legitimately be transparent with you of where you fit into their recruiting um, board so that they can make the best decision for, for themselves and their program, you know, but it's, you know, like you said, it's, it just takes a little bit of effort on, on a Monday or Tuesday night when the schedule comes out to send it out like, Hey, this is where we're playing. These are the game times. These are the fields. You know, if you're there, you know, please come watch me play, you know, because eventually you're, you're going to get seen. Yeah, I think you touched on an important piece. And I think we probably talk about this for a few minutes, but the feedback portion. And this can be tough for guys because um, the feedback isn't always good. Or I shouldn't say that it's always good. It's not always what you want to hear. All right. And you this time of year or kind of throughout the process, guys have high aspirations and they should, you know, you want to shoot for the stars. You want to kind of try to find that dream school. Uh, but one of the things I would say to, to players and parents listening is um, if you get a bunch of people telling you the same thing, it's probably the truth. And this can be hard um, and this can be a really difficult thing, but you got to be able to use that information to help guide you in the process. Because if you're stuck on one specific thing and, and, you know, there's definitely kids who run into this um, where they have aspirations to be at a certain level or a certain type of school and the feedback comes back from that type of school, multiple schools in that kind of category. And they say, hey, like you're either short this way or you're short that way. And they don't want to take that feedback. They kind of just take it as, well, they're wrong. And there's a difference between wanting to prove them wrong and then denying the evaluation of multiple guys who actually make decisions. 
And if you deny that information and you blindly go through the process just thinking that everybody's wrong because you don't agree with it, you're going to pass up some opportunities that could be really good for you. And that's one of the downfalls and one of the tough things about the recruiting process is that there's going to be coaches who are going to tell you you are not good enough. And it could be for various reasons. It could be academics. It could be because they're not looking for that position. It could be they they just don't think you're good enough to play for them. And I can speak to this and you can too. Like we've all got it wrong. You know, there's always a kid that you said, I just didn't think that kid was good enough. And then you look up three years later and you're like, gosh, darn it. Like that kid's hitting 330 with eight bolts. I passed on him. Like that happens to everybody. And and that's just part of the process. Like it's not, you know, it's not a science. Like it's an art and it's an imperfect art. Um, and guys get things wrong. And But if you get five, six, seven, eight, ten coaches that you're interested in and they're all giving you really similar feedback, it's probably true. And I think you run into this kind of with the D1 and bus mentality is that everybody's dead set. Not everybody, but you get people who are dead set on playing Division One baseball and then they get the feedback that they may not be a Division One baseball player and they – they chase that so long that they lose out on opportunities to play at really good programs. And we've talked about this at length, but there's just really good baseball programs out there that don't have the division one label next to them. And in fact, I would say that there's division one programs that you don't want to play at anyways for, for a number of reasons. And, um, you know, my advice would be take the feedback use it to develop. Like if you're 25 and you're getting feedback from a coach at a camp or you're getting feedback from a coach through your coach, however it may happen, I know there's gray area and how that would happen. But if you're getting feedback or you have somebody in your corner who's telling you, you know, this is kind of where you fit, use that as information to develop. But if you're a 24, it's, you know, it's, you know, we're getting into mid June here. You know, somebody, if you've got told by eight or 10 people that you, you know, they don't think you're good enough to play at a specific level. Like you need to start opening your eyes to other schools because those spots will fill up quickly because there's other kids out there who are just trying to find a really good place to play and get a really good education. And they're going to snatch those spots up. And if you, you can get, you can get caught scrambling and you don't want that because you were stubborn. Um, it doesn't mean that that stuff can't happen. Things change with programs, players change. Development timelines are different, you know, really specifically for pitchers. But you got to at least be open to a broad range of possibilities, um, especially if you're a 24 right now and be willing to take into consideration other stuff because you just don't want to be caught there. You don't want to be caught in October and you got nothing because you were so hung up on a very specific thing that you never took into consideration something else that might be a good fit for you. You know, it's interesting. I, I used to always say this, and I still do, and I believe this. You know, if you want to play at a super high level, you know, whether it's the, you know, SEC, ACC, at the college level, if you want to go play professionally, whatever it is, because the vast majority of people who, who play this game in high school and travel ball and, and want to get to college have those aspirations. You know, you have to be more than just a one-trick pony. I used to say this all the time, right? Like, you know, you can't just do, you can't just be able to hit, right? Like in college, you have to be able to defend as well. You can't, you know, uh, unfortunately, like you can't just hit nine DHs and never play the field. You know, you, you're going to have to be able to do something other than just have a hit tool. Um, or, you know, you're going to have to be able to do something other than just run. Like, yeah, he can really, like this kid can really fly, like, Okay, but you can't steal first base. Like, he has to get on somehow. You know, and I think that sometimes, you know, at, at, at the high school level, you have a lot of people who are, you know, really good where they grow up and where they're from. And it becomes a little bit more eye-opening when you start playing a little better competition that you can get exposed in some certain areas and you get some feedback of like, hey, like, like the hit tool is really good, but the defense is just, you know, it's not there for, for this level. It's not there for us. And if you hear that from, you know, seven, eight, nine division one programs, like, you know, it's time to start looking at the division two and division three level. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that you're short for what it is they're looking for. And that's okay. 
you're likely going to develop into a pretty good player by the time you're a junior or senior if you go to the Division three level. They just don't have the time to do that at their level. Like They're looking for guys that can come in and do it right away. If you can't do it right away, there's a lot of guys out there who can, so they're going to go after those guys. You know, and, and to your point as well, the, like if you sit and wait on that, like the other schools, let's call it the Division threes or twos, like they're going to go after guys that want to go play for them as well. So if you hold out because you want to go play Division one and there's absolutely zero offers, and then come September, October, you got nowhere to go, and you start to hit the panic button, and you reach out to some twos and threes, it's like, well. Hey, we're not recruiting that anymore. Like we we were looking for a catcher. We we got our guy. Or we're looking for a center fielder. Like we we got that. We brought that guy in. Like we can't carry six catchers. You know, and now it, it's further on down the list to a school that, you know, might not necessarily be the, the best fit or, you know, a place that you really want to go to when, you know, the hard truth is you kind of gotta take the feedback you're getting and be like, okay, this is probably where I fit best. And it's awesome. It's great. I'm going to play college baseball, but now let's find the right fit at that level so that I can have a, a phenomenal career and a great academic experience and then move on to whatever it is you do after. Like, I mean, you can develop into a division, you know, as at the division three level and go play professional baseball. And I got a guy right now who's playing the Marlins organization. If you told me that he was going to play professionally after his freshman year of college, like, I didn't think that it like that was in there, but he grew, he got bigger, he got faster, he got stronger. All of a sudden, you know, balls are jumping off his bat and he could really hit and he can defend and he's got a, you know, baseball IQ that's through the roof, you know, and that those intangibles and things play. And that's why he's going to play professionally for a little bit, you know? So I, I think being able to kind of take that feedback and really understand it. And sometimes I think the hard part comes from, you know, especially when you're hearing it from the coaches that you're playing for, right? Like I think some people, you know, take that a little bit the wrong way. Like your coaches that you're playing for have your best interests. Like they're not there to lie to you. Like, you know, listen to what they're saying and and, and they'll guide you generally in the right direction. You know, I, I just think that there's, you know, I, I've had conversations with a, a guy and it's, it was and, and still is a, a really good summer baseball program in the state of New York. I mean, there's like seven active big leaguers off that uh, out of that organization right now, you know, and there's people that don't really want to believe them when they tell them that they can't play at the ACC or SEC level. It's like, man, they've been doing this for like 50 years. Uh, they currently have seven big leaguers uh, with a list of another like eight or nine that have played. Like it's hard to do for a small kind of outfit. Um, you know, that doesn't go national, you know, so they like you find people who know what it is they're doing and what they're talking about. Like you, you should listen, right? Like, you know, I, we use this analogy where, you know, you don't call a plumber to fix the plumbing in your house. And then, you know, when he gets there and starts fixing it, tell him that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like there's a reason that you, you, you want to lean on these people. You know, if, if you had it all figured out, then, you know, you, you wouldn't, you would be where it is that you think you should be, right? Like it, it, it's that simple. If you if you're that good, you'll end up there. And if you think you should be there, then you know you'll you might. But if it's not in the cards and it's not happening with the feedback you're getting, then you need to readjust your outset for what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You know, so it's I think it's a little bit more new. It's obviously nuanced, but. You know, it's one of those things where I, I think it's hard for people to kind of understand, like you could do something really, really well and be deficient in other areas of the game. And that's what's going to hold you back where, you know, that's what you know, you need to be able to do more than just one thing really well. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And those conversations are tough. Like they're hard. Like it's hard to tell a kid, hey, man, I know you really like this school, but they're not interested. But you have to. Because you have to be able to move on and go look for other things, right? Like that's the thing that I think gets caught up in this world, in, in kind of the recruiting world. But everybody thinks that because it's a no, it means that you're not good. If you can play college baseball at all, you're a pretty good player, right? There's very few people who get to play in the SEC and the ACC, right? And everybody wants to be on the College World Series. Like I get it. I understand. But there's very few that can play there and the, – there's even 
there's not many more that get to play at the next highest level. You know, the Sun Belt and the Big Tens and the Pac-12. Like, it's really, really hard to play at that level, period. And it doesn't mean that you're not good if you don't get to play there. It's really that simple. And there's a reason that junior college guys and mid-major guys and Division three guys make it to the big leagues is because you're not running the race to be good when you're 18. Like you're running the race to see how long you can play college baseball. And if you can take a step back and realize that the, the goal is to get an opportunity to a, a fit for you, it becomes easier to accept that feedback and go, all right, well, that place isn't a fit for me. They don't like me. That's fine. I'm going to go find another place that does like me. And I'm going to start to open up my options. And as a player and as a parent, and sometimes, honestly, I think it's the parents that are harder to deal with it with their kids because they're stuck being a fan and not being a parent. And, you know, they see their kid do well or they get a couple hits and they think, well, the coaches were there and he got two hits. But we all know that not all hits are created equal and not all, you know, physical abilities in the batter's box are created equal. Um, and the nuance of the evaluation becomes really difficult. And I think that people can get caught up in that. And it's a hard thing to understand if you haven't been doing it a long time that, it's just not that cut and dry. Um, so, you know, for, for parents and players that are listening, you're going to get feedback that you don't like. But if you can use that feedback to redirect and you can use that to develop as a player, not only for your recruiting process, but moving forward. Like if somebody's telling you that you can't hit or somebody's telling you that you don't defend enough or somebody's telling you, you know, that your breaking ball is not good enough, whatever it is, great. Go find a place that you can play at that wants you so you can be a part of something and then take that into the offseason, go and close the gap. Like if you're not strong enough, like, okay, you can either bitch about it and, and point the finger at other people who are making the decision and say that they're wrong, or you can go, okay, I'm not a fit for you. I'm going to go find a place that's a fit for me. And then I'm going to go get really strong or I'm going to go put on, I'm going to go work with somebody and I'm going to try to add some velocity or I'm going to try to tighten up my command. So I throw a few more strikes so that when you get to wherever you go, you can be good. And that's what I implore these kids to do. Like it's not about how good you are when you're 17. It's about developing. It's about competing about getting an opportunity to play college baseball and experience what it's like to be a part of something that's truly bigger than yourself because your travel team is not like it's nothing like college baseball um and if you get to experience that you're a part of a very small group of individuals that get to do that but it's tough to get there if if you can't accept that feedback and uh you can't use that to to kind of redirect and and navigate more clearly yeah, you know, everyone wants their kid to be as successful as they possibly can, you know, but the reality is that you there, there's going to be a, a lot of people who are going to have eyes on watching kids play, you know, and like, have I missed on people? Yes, I absolutely have. There's been guys that I've watched where I'm like, mm, I, I don't think so. And then, you know, two, three years later, they're, shoving against us and I'm like mm, Adam on campus didn't think it was good enough but you know he's still fit at the college level somewhere right like you know I, I, only you know the number gets thrown around only seven percent are going to go play in college like that means 93 percent of people aren't good enough to play in college not everybody is a phenomenal recruiter at the college level or a talent evaluator, but when you see enough games and you watch enough baseball, you start to figure out what, what works and what doesn't. And if, you know, you have 30, 40 people and, you know, we're talking about multiple, I'm just, you know, let's say it's 10 teams. Like I will, we'll bar ballpark it at 20 coaches. Cause they probably, you know, multiple guys have seen you, you have 20 or 25 people think that you don't fit at that level. Like you can't just kind of dismiss it as like, they don't know what they're doing. Like, and on the flip side, like usually it's from, well, you know, the schools that you wanted to go to, and then you're going to say that they don't know what they're doing. So then my question would be like, then why would you want to go play for them? Right? Like you want to go to that school. They told you you're not good. And then now it's, they don't, they don't know what they're doing, but you still want to go there. 
So like, which one is it? Are you, are you upset because they don't think that you're good enough to play there? Or do you honestly think they don't know what they're doing? Which then begs the question, why do you want to go there? Because then now you're telling me that you're going to go to a school with a coaching staff that you right now don't think knows what they're doing. You know, and, and to me, it's just more of a, you know, I don't want to accept the feedback and, you know, it hurts. And there's a lot of times that you're going to have to have that tough conversation, you know, and it's not the first time it's going to happen, right? Like think about how many times when as coaches, you have exit meetings at the end of the fall and at the end of the spring or the amount of times that guys come in and want to talk about why they're not playing. You know, those are tough conversations that, that you have as a coach all the time. And the kids are going to have them like you're, you're going to get the college and you might not be playing all the time right away. So then it's going to become like, you're going to have that, have to have that conversation. Like, Hey, what do I need to do to get better? And same thing. Like, do you take the feedback then? Or are you like, you know, the coach doesn't like me. He won't play him. And we've, you know, we've all heard it. We've talked about it on here. Like, and I'll say it again for the new listeners. There's not a coach in America that will not play a kid that can help them win because he doesn't like him. Like, you're paid to win baseball games. If you can help me win, you will be in the lineup. I never not played a kid because I didn't like him. And, you know, fortunately, I never really had that happen to me. But, you know, if there was somebody that I didn't necessarily like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit you on the bench because I don't like you. Like, that's it's ridiculous. I'm trying to win baseball games here. You know, so it, it, I think that it's, it, it becomes an easy thing to just say, like, well, they don't know what they're doing or the coach doesn't like them. Like, it's the easy, it's the easy way out. That's not... It's not actually getting to – that's not listening to the feedback you're getting and trying to change what it is to make you a better player. It's just being like – it's just being dismissive and being like, nah, no, they don't know what they're doing. Okay, like, then don't change. It's fine. You know, and that, that, that's not the right attitude in my personal opinion. But, you know, I, I think that it's something that, you know, needs to be said and needs to be heard so that people can understand like, you, you know – you can still play college baseball at a high level at a really, really good school and become a very, very good baseball player at, at a lot at the division two, division three, the Juco level. Like you can become really good and, and compete at those levels and then have a phenomenal college career. You know, it doesn't have to be division one in the ACC. Like there's, there's a select number of guys that are going to go play there. There's a select number of guys that play in the SEC. And again, this is a very big country. There's a lot of baseball being played everywhere. So, you know, just because you're really good in, you know, upstate New York doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, the best player in in the country that can go play in the ACC. I think the other thing that, like, if you're a, if you're a high school kid listening to this, like, reality check, when you get to college, nothing's handed to you. Like, if you walk on campus and you're that freshman who thinks when you get there that, you deserve playing time. Like you got something like it's going to be tough. It's all earned. And I think that at times kids who are really talented and it doesn't matter where they go, but kids who are really talented, they walk onto a campus and they just assume like, you know, I, I got a 50% offer to play here. Like I'm going to play right away. Like, nah, you're in for a rude awakening because you're now the low man on the totem pole with 22 and 23 year old men that you're competing against, like you need to earn it and things need to be earned. Just like, you know, you, it's not really any different than the recruiting process. Even when you get to campus, like you need to prove you're good enough. Like you need to showcase yourself every day. And that's almost every conversation we ever had, like going back to what you're talking about, having conversations with players after the fall or after the spring season, you know, the, the, the general response from a kid who was upset about playing time, that was, well, you never gave me a chance. That's couldn't be farther from the truth because everybody gets a chance every day in practice. And until you can become a good practice player, I got no reason to play you. And that's just the truth of it. Like college baseball is super competitive and you're not going to get patted on the ass and told you're the best all the time. And, it's going to be tough at times, but the kids who recognize that they have to earn it, they usually don't end up having to have that conversation when it's a different tone. 
right? It's the kid who comes into the office and it isn't, why am I not playing? It's what do I need to do to get in the mix? And there's such a huge difference in they're getting at the same thing. They're both probing at why are they not playing? But one of them's coming at it from, it's your fault. I'm not playing and you're playing the blame game. And it's the other one's coming at it from a place of accountability in a place of looking for some guidance on what do I need to do? Because if you come in and you ask a coach, Hey, like, what do I need to do to get in the lineup? Guaranteed they'll give you a really honest answer. And you might actually like it because they might say, Hey, listen, you know, right now we only feel like you can play defensively at, at le- in left field. And unfortunately for you, the guy who's in left field right now is, you know, he's hitting 330 and he's got 10 bolts. Like we can't take him out of the lineup. But we might try to move you over to right to see in practice to see if you can get it done over there. And maybe we can find some at-bats for you. You know, keep putting your head down in practice. Like, you know, we want to see you do a little bit better, you know, an on-field BP when you're out there in left field. We want to feel better about you defensively. Like whatever it is, you're going to get responses like that. And if you can take that and put it into practice, I promise you that a coach is going to look down the bench when there's an opportunity to get somebody in the game. And they're going to go to the guy that they know is invested in trying to get better and didn't come into the office with the woe is me. Like you're an idiot. I can't believe you're not playing me approach versus like, all right, I'm not playing. I want to play. What do I got to do? Like, what can I do to help the team win? That's the question you should be asking. And those kids, they always find a way to figure it out because it's not coming from a place of what about me? It's coming from a place of where, how can I contribute? And there's such a big difference in that. And the freshmen who walk on campus who think they've earned something before they've got there, like it's going to be tough because not only are you in for a rude awakening, but the kids who've been there for a year or two or three years, like the kids who are sophomore juniors and seniors, they're not going to like you because nobody likes the freshman who walks in and thinks that their, their shit don't stink. Like, it's just the truth. It's the truth. And you don't want to be that guy. Like you want to be the guy that comes in and works hard and is a good teammate. And you'd be shocked at how well it works out for guys who take that approach. Yeah, you're dead on. I digress. No, <laughs> yeah, we do, but we do every podcast. But you're not wrong. I mean, it's – I won't speak much longer. But you're, you're like the, 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 the idea that you never got an opportunity is patently false. Like you, you get an opportunity every day you show up to practice. And, you know, I, coaches are evaluating – literally daily you know what's your preparation look like what's your bp look like what are you doing in, when you were you know taking fungos and doing team defense like are you in the right spots when we're doing team defense are you you know wh- how do you take your live reps during bp you know and, and when i if i'm standing behind the cage and i'm watching and you're not taking any single rep seriously or really at all like say you want to play second and i look up and you're shagging balls in the outfield and then you come in and be like, why am I not playing second? Well, every day at practice, you go out in the outfield and shag fly balls. Like, w- what makes you like, why am I going to put you at second base? Like, what, what are we doing here? You know, and, th- and that's happened. I've had that conversation, you know, so it, it, it's you have an opportunity literally every single day at practice to showcase your skills and what you're capable of doing to get the opportunity to be able to be in the lineup. And when you get in the lineup, you got to produce. You know, I, you know, that's that's the other part of it. Like once you're there and the lights are on, you, you have to produce. And if you don't, like, the next guy will come up and you, you'll keep cycling until somebody can actually win the job. You know, but you have to be able to take the feedback and, and be able to use it constructively for yourself, not only for the recruiting process and where you want to go and to find the right fit, but also once you get there to be able to develop into the player it is that is capable of playing every day. You know, and, and that doesn't happen, you know, very rarely is that something that happens for guys that walk in 
and just start day one and play all four years and they never really struggle because it's this game's too hard. You're going to struggle, you know, so you have to be able to take the feedback and, and use it constructively to, to make yourself better so that you can continue to be on the field every day and help that team win. I think that's a good way to close out that, that segment. Um, Cause it's spot on. So let's touch on the showcase camp stuff again, real quick. And I, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but I think we'd be remiss not to talk about it a little bit, given the topic of summer ball here is, this is specific. I would say this is more targeted towards 24s, but certainly for 25s as well. You need to be able to fit in showcase opportunities and camp opportunities into your schedule. And I know that the summer ball travel schedule stuff can get really tight, but you may need to communicate with your coaches like, hey, coach, I got invited to this camp I'd really like to go to. I've talked to this coach. Um, I think I'm in the mix there. It's a school that I really like. And you may need to miss a game. Right, and if your if your travel coach has got a problem with that, that's on them, because it shouldn't be about the travel organization. It should be about the kids. Um, but you need to try to find that stuff, and you need to try to find time to get to those places, um, and take the time to get in front of coaches. You know, some some teams play all over the country, and you may be a kid who's trying to play in a specific region of the country. Well, you need to find a showcase that's got those types of schools, and if that conflicts with a tournament, then you may need to go to that showcase because at the end of the day, you're trying to get recruited and you need to look out for number one here and there. Yeah, obviously you have an obligation to your team and you want to play for your teammates, but you know there's there's time where you need to really take a step back and go, all right, there's two camps that I really want to go to this summer. I'm going to miss the front end of this tournament and the back end of this tournament, communicate with your coaches and – make sure you get to the places that you want to get exposure to. Um, I think that that's a tough thing for, and you get pressure from travel organizations. Sometimes I know these kids do. They're like, well, we're going to Hoover and you're not going to be there. Well, if you're not a division one player and you're trying to get recruited, going to Hoover is probably not going to help you. So maybe there's a showcase that has a bunch of schools that you're interested in. You know, maybe going down to the world would bat isn't the best move for you because you want to play in the Northeast and a lot of the Northeast division one schools, they stopped going down to the 2024 WWBA because they're just going down there to see kids that they've already seen 10 times. So what's the difference? Um, you know, and I know a lot of guys have shied away from going down or they're going down for shorter periods of time, you know, so maybe going to a different tournament or, you know, going to showcase is going to be more beneficial and, you got to consider that, especially if you're a 24, like you need to start making decisions about your exposure and your opportunity and try to do the best you can to balance that because, you know, that, that tournament down in Florida that conflicts with an opportunity for you to get in front of a bunch of coaches that you're interested in, I can promise you that tournament down in Florida doesn't matter that much. And travel coaches are probably, you know, probably up in arms if they hear this, but it's just the truth. And these kids need to make decisions that are best for them. Um, and these travel guys should support it. You know, they're paying money to play for you. Um, they should support the opportunity to, to, to get in front of some coaches and, and get a chance to get some, get some exposure. Agreed. You know, there's, I think there's a difference, a, a distinct difference that, you know, we can kind of say that, you know, we're not saying that you should, you know, miss 12 games or, you know, three quarters of the tournaments to do this. But if there's, you know, if there's a, a tournament in Florida that's going on and you're, you're being mainly recruited and want to go to a NESCAC school like, and there's a, a showcase or a camp series going on where they're going to be there, like you might be better served going to the one that they're all going to be at um, versus the one that they're not going to be at. So I, I think being able to weigh those things and being informed from that standpoint, you know, and I, I think the other thing too, and, and this is, how do I say this? This is, a, I think this is something that when I was coaching and it's still happening that coaches are complaining about is that when you get guys specifically freshmen at, at the college level, they do not know how to play the game, which begs the question, what are they playing for and what are they learning in travel baseball. 
So it, it, it's, I, I'm not saying that they don't do a good job. I'm not saying that they don't, um, they don't develop guys. Uh, this is a blanket statement and, and I don't want to get in trouble with my words here, but a lot of teams are set up to do just that and showcase guys. They're not necessarily always set up to go win and compete and play day in and day out and play 40, 50 games in the summer. Like that's not really a thing that happens anymore. You know, so I, I think if, if you have the kid's best interest in mind and you're going to a tournament where there's a lot of schools that are not going to recruit that kid and he has an opportunity to go somewhere to be seen by a bunch of schools that are going to recruit him, like that has to be the priority. Like, Hey, don't worry about it. You know, we'll catch you next week or we'll catch you in two weeks at the next tournament, whatever it is like that's better for the kid. And it's better for your organization because then people are going to be like, Hey, you know, they let us go to the, you know, they, they were okay with us, you know, missing this tournament so that we could go to, you know, a couple on-campus camps where we were really interested in, and, and those were the schools that were recruiting and they weren't going to be at that tournament. And, you know, he ended up at, that's, you know, one of those schools, you know, and I, I just, I, I think that there's, there's a love-hate relationship with the way that college, ba- or college recruiting has shifted, um, you know, in the last 15, 20 years where, it has become places like Diamond Nation and Lake Point and, you know, where there's just a, a, so many teams and, you know, bang for your buck from a recruiting standpoint, you can see a lot of guys in a short period of time for not a lot of money. You know, gone are the days where when you and I grew up where, you know, that wasn't a thing. Like you had to actually go out and see a doubleheader between, you know, the Bayside Yankees and South Troy Dodgers and sit on that game and watch guys. Like, you know, that, 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 that doesn't really happen anymore. You know, it's a lot easier to just sit on these, sit on a complex and, and watch a bunch of teams. And I get it. I, I did it. I, I a small recruiting budget. I know what it is, but then you watch and you wonder, you know, what are they being taught about the game of baseball and what, you know, when they get to you, there's such a learning curve, you know, it's a very steep learning curve that, that they have when they get to you because, you know, that, that sometimes it's, it's the developmental side. Other times it's the compete side because they, they've played for a team their whole lives that like in the summer, they're not really, they're there just to showcase. They're not really there to win. You know, they're there to, to get seen by college coaches and flash what they can do and, and hopefully get signed somewhere. You know, and that, that doesn't bode well in the college game in the long run. And I digress, but you know, I, I think that that's, you know, from, from this standpoint and, and from a, a parent standpoint, like you need to be able to evaluate in the kid, right? Like you need to be, be evaluate like, Hey, this is where we're going, but we're not being recruited by any of those schools. We're being recruited by these five schools and they're holding camps during that time. Like it would better serve us to go to those camps and get recruited. And that's a conversation you have to have. And I, 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 for one think that that is fine. Like you should be able to do that this is a better for the kid. Like we're all in this for the kids. We're in this so that the kids can, can get really good at baseball and have a phenomenal experience when they get to college, not rack up wins on the summer circuit. Like, sorry to say it, but no one really cares what your summer high school baseball coaching record is. It's irrelevant. Sorry. I'll say it, but it's true. Let the kids go do the things that they need to do so that they can get recruited by the right schools. Yeah, spot on. I got a funny story about the gameplay stuff that uh, I think you'll – I'll tell you who told me this uh, after we get off the podcast. But uh, I was talking to one of our one of our friends today, and we were we were laughing. He was uh, he was on his way down to Super 17. Like, like, like half of the East Coast is headed towards it this weekend because it – Big Super 17 starts up, I think, tomorrow. Or it actually may start it up. Yeah, tomorrow, I think. Um, but it was like fifth or sixth game of the season, he said, and he pinch ran for a kid. And they end the inning, and the kid grabs his glove and starts to run out into the field. He's like, hey, like, what are you doing? And the kid turned around, he's like, I'm going out to play defense. And he's like, you're – like you're not in the game anymore. <laughs> and the the kid was like, there's no re-entry rule. No, He's sir. Like, no, son. Like this is we we wear caps and sleeves in this league. Uh, I, 
I had a kid. I, I couldn't stop laughing that that was, but it it's not a knock on travel baseball. There's so many pluses about it. These kids oh, yeah. play get to play a lot of games, but they play with different rules that just are not a part of college baseball. I had a kid. This is true. I, I had a kid. Um, he was a freshman the one year. I forget what year it was. Um, but we were like, I wrote the lineup and he like comes over. He's like, coach, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah, dude, what's up? He's like, how come um, we only DH for the pitcher here? And I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, in high school, you could DH for like center fielder. Like, why can't we do that? <laughs> I was like, um, because it's not high school baseball, bro. Like you can't DH for the center fielder and not let him hit. Like that dude has to go out there and defend. And then he has to hit. Like you only DH for the pitcher here. Oh, but I, to your point, like it's no, different rules. They don't with, know. With the high school stuff, like I find myself going to high school games and something will happen and I'll like, I'll be standing there with another college coach or something. And I'll be like, wait a minute. They just pinch hit for that kid, but he just came in to catch again. And they're like, oh, yeah, they can do that. What? Uh, You know the other one that breaks me? We're getting off topic. The other one that broke me was the running for the catcher. Oh, classic. Catchers get to college. They have no idea how to run the bases. Classic. Literally no idea how to run the bases because they never – like they get to first base and it's like time, runner for the catcher. And then that dude, like, he never runs the bases. Then they get to college, and you're like, hey, what's your lead at first base? And they're like, ah. Uh, they take, like, two steps. They're like, right here. It's like that, like, you could fall over, and half your body is going to touch first base. Like, no. It, it's it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rain it in here. Rain it in. All right. All right. Sorry. 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 All right. I want The other thing I want to talk about before we close out is visits and offers. Right. And I think that you start with offers. I think what's really important to understand in the, the, the kids and the parents need to think about this. What are you trying to get out of this? Right. Like what's important to you? Because there's a bunch of different types of offers that you can get at the division one level or the division two level where money is a factor. Right. There's going to be situations where coaches are going to go and run your transcript and they're going to find out how much financial aid you can get or how much academic money you can get. If you're dead set on getting baseball money, like you may not get that, right? You need to figure out what's important there. Some people are going to offer you a roster spot. Is that good enough, right? Is that what you're looking for? Uh, Some people are going to say at an academic school, hey, if you can get in, you got a roster spot on the team, but we're not, we can't support you through admissions because you're not one of our guys. Like you're not one of the guys that we're going to support, but we'd like you but we think you have a chance to get in on your own. So if you get in, you got a roster spot here. Like there's a long list of types of offers that you can get. You know, you can get the stack money, you can get a minimum baseball offer and that's all you're getting. There could be, you know, minimum baseball with academic and financial aid. Um, you know, you, you need to think about the meaning of that information, but the other part of it is, is what are you trying to get out of it from a baseball perspective? And, what kind of role are you looking for? Because I can tell you when you get there, it's a meritocracy, but there's a big difference between, Hey, we're, we're giving you a walk on spot versus here's, here's baseball money. We think you're a part of this and you know, guys have to make decisions. Like everybody needs, well, I mean, at this point, you know, you, you need at least eight walk-ons to fill out your 40-man roster, and I have a feeling that you're probably going to be looking for more than that because it's really tough to stretch 11-7 across 32 guys now. So everybody needs walk-ons, and some people may not need, need the money, so that might be enough. right? Maybe you get the financial aid. But where do you fit within a program in the level of like want from that program, in the opportunity to play early on in your career, maybe to get innings? Like the writing is on the wall with a lot of that stuff. Like if you get a walk-on offer spot, you can assume that you're going to have to really earn some stuff in order to get in the mix. If you get a 50% baseball offer, it's not that you don't have to work your ass off to get it, but they're telling you with that offer that you're a big piece of the puzzle. And for some kids, I don't think that they walk themselves through that. 
and you need to really think about what you're trying to get out of your baseball experience. And like, do you want to go somewhere where they see you as a part of the solution or do you want to go somewhere where they see you as a guy who can be on the roster? Some people want to roll the dice and there's some great stories about guys that, that have been walk on guys and gone on to have great careers, get drafted, go play in the big leagues. We had a kid at William and Mary who was a walk on. We couldn't get the kid out of the freaking lineup. We tried for four years. We couldn't get him out of the lineup because you just kept doing stuff to help us win games. So you get cases like that, but you know, you got to really be comfortable in your own skin and you got to really be comfortable with the school and the fit. If that's the choice you're going to make, especially if you have other offers where they've, you know, extended the hand that, Hey, like, here's some money, you know, that we want to offer you. Um, kind of rambled there, but yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, you're right. Well, I, I think that the hard part is figuring out the the nuance between what you know what the offer is, and that it also depends, you know, largely on the type of school and what they're able to offer, right? Like, if you're a school that you know can't give scholarships, or you only have, you're not fully funded you know, those offers are going to look a little bit different than the school that is fully funded or the division three school versus the, you know, high end division one school, you know, so it's, I I think that there's, there's a lot of nuance there. Like, you know, obviously at the division three level, it's more just roster spots, Um, you know, but I think you kind of see that at the division one level at some of the higher end academic schools too. Like, you know, you, you have a roster spot, you know, and, and kind of what does that mean? You know, that that roster spot at, you know, a high end academic school is different than the roster spot at, you know, a, a non academic school. Right. Like, you know, there, there there's fewer guys that are going to end up at, you know, let's say a, a, a Harvard than there are uh, JMU because we had Jimmy on and shout out to Jimmy who just got hired as the Maryland pitching coach. But um you know, so like the, that, those two offers are, you know, are not the same, um, you know, but, the, you know, how much money you're getting and, and kind of what you're, what you're going to be able to get out of it is obviously um, will we'll kind of tell you what they, what they think of you and what their value, the value they're placing on you is. And the value that is placed on you by each individual program is going to be different program to program. Right. Like some one program might say, like, you know, this is a 35 percent guy where another one might say it's 50, you know, so it, it, it kind of depends on on the program as well. But, you know, it the offer will kind of tell you like where they kind of see you fitting into their program, at least from a freshman year standpoint, um, you know, and what they think you're going to be able to do moving forward. Now, once you accept that offer and you end up at that school, like you then have to continue to work really hard once you get there and once you're on campus and you know, in the weight room, in the classroom and, and be able to show up and show out when, when you're there. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's individualized to each school and the program and what they're actually able to offer. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair when you're having these conversations and you're getting offers to say like, Hey, like what, you know, where do you see me fitting in as a freshman? You know, what do you see as the, you know, long-term goal or plan for me would be like, you know, they, they're, they're obviously want you in your, in their program. They've offered you, they've extended that offer. So it's, it's fair to have that conversation of like, Hey, where do you see me fitting in? You know, am I the fifth catcher or, you know, am I going to have an opportunity to, to compete for time if I develop into a guy, you know, my freshman, sophomore year, whatever it might be, you know, and those are fair conversations. We talked about it 20 minutes ago that coaches have these conversations all the time. You know, so it's it's not a bad thing. And in and in my opinion, it actually shows that you, you know, like you're being very thoughtful in your in the process for yourself, right? Like, you know, if you just if you don't ask kind of pointed questions like that, then you know, it, it it's not a negative, but it shows me like, okay, like this kid's kind of squared away. Like he's really thinking this through and what it is that is important to him and where, you know, where he wants to know where I see him fitting in. You know, and that's, those are good conversations to have because that's the same thing. You're getting feedback from them on, on where they see you fitting in, you know, your freshman year, you know, so it's, 
it, it's it's worth having those conversations, and it's it just it, it gets very nuanced with with the the amount uh, or which program and and what they're capable of offering and what those offers mean to each program because they're not equal across the board. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I want to add about the the offer thing is for the parents that are listening, I want to be like very clear on this. There is no baseball money at the division three level. Cause I get asked this frequently and I see people post about it and stuff. There's no baseball money. It's financial aid and it's academic money period. And an offer is going to be for a roster spot essentially. But if somebody at the division three level says, hey, we want you to be here. We're going to support you through admissions. Like that's essentially your offer. You need to be comfortable with the financial component of that school. And that's a that's a responsibility of the parent and the player is to know that that school could be a financial fit, right? So if if you're going to play at the Division three level or you're going to be a non-scholarship guy at any level, Division one, Division two, you need to do your financial research Right. You don't want to get all the way down to that offer and they say, hey, we, we got a uniform for you. We want you to come here and compete, but we're not going to offer you any baseball money. You know, you're going to get $10,000 worth of academic money. Now you're responsible for $60,000 tuition. You need to know what you can handle from a financial perspective and what's reasonable. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. And almost every single school has a net price calculator. And they're generally very accurate if you are honest about the information that you put in there. And you want to make sure that you have those answers, those questions answered long before you get to the offer stage. Like you need to go look at the price tag. You need to go look at, all right, and run, just run some basic scenarios. You know, if it's a division three school, it's not going to be, there's no athletic money to factor in. So go fill out the price calculator and, ask the coach, you know, Hey, do, am I going to qualify for any merit-based money? Like based on your experience and my transcript and what you've seen in the past with players, you know, what type of merit money do you think I could potentially be afforded and start to get a better understanding what the finances are going to look like? Because if it's not going to be a fit financially, you need to go find another place. Um, you know, same thing if it's division one or division two roster spot walk-on situation is you need to wrap your head around whether that can, you know, that can be a fit, you know, if it's an in-state school, like Virginia's got an awesome in-state school system. You know, there's, there's, you know, a bunch of division one schools and they're all affordable. So if you're in state, a walk-on spot could be a really reasonable thing from a financial perspective. But if you leave the state of Virginia and you get offered a a roster spot at a school in North Carolina, where there's another, you know, 15 division one schools, the the cost of tuition might be twice as much and it may not be something that's feasible for you. Um, but being able to really think about that, and that's one of, from a, from a parent perspective is that's one of the things that you need to be, you need to have that nailed down before you get too deep in the process, because you don't want to go chasing something just to find out or have not done the research. Like we can't pay for that all right, well, look, there's a lot of other schools out there that are going to be more affordable and we need to, you know, we need to go look at those schools and take those into consideration. And, you know, some states are better for in-state stuff. You know, they have more options. You know, Virginia was unique because it was really heavy with Division One in-state schools, but then there was also a bunch of really good Division Three programs in-state and, you know, the cost of tuition was really, really effective. But, you know, if you get into a state like, like Massachusetts or New Jersey, you know, there's only a few division one schools that are associated with the state school system. Um, you know, if you can't play at one of those two schools and you need to be in state because of the cost of college, which is crazy right now, which is a whole nother conversation, you probably need to really strongly consider those good division three and good division two programs in those schools in those states, because it's going to be more effective financially. Um, so I would, I would highly suggest as you go through this, especially in the summer here for the 24s that are coming down to decision time here in the next three or four months, start to think about that stuff because you don't want to get too far down the road with the school just to get close to the finish line and go, Oh shoot. Like we can't make this work. 
because there's a lot of resources that you can access that are going to prevent you from getting that far and having to ha having to make that decision really close to the finish line. Um, and it'll give you more time to pivot to other schools that could be a better a better fit financially. Agreed. I don't have much to add. I think you nailed that. Ah, oh, thanks, Keith. That means a lot coming from you. You're welcome. Um, last thing real quick, visit. Take them. Go see college campuses. Fit them into your schedule. If a coach wants you to come and visit campus, unless it's a school you have absolutely no interest in, go check it out. Because information is incredibly valuable in this process. And you get that FaceTime with coaches. I think they're one of the most important parts of the process. It's not facilities, right? That's not what should be decide, the deciding factor for, for you. You want to be comfortable with the individuals who are going to coach you. And you want to make sure that that school is going to be a fit socially. And that school is going to be a fit academically. You can get a pretty good idea of those things. Academics, you do your research. Not that hard. Talk to the coaches. Socially and campus-wise, you're not going to get that if you don't go to campus and visit a school. And if you want to really get to know a coach, you're not going to do it over the phone. If they want to have you on campus to meet face-to-face, -face, that's when you get a really good feel for what that coach is about. They're going to spend time to tour you around campus. They're going to sit down in the office. Make sure you got your questions prepared, get things answered. That's how you're going to sit back and you're going to realize, like, that's a guy I want to play for. Or you may walk away and be like, I don't want to play for that guy. Because those individuals are going to have a huge impact on, on what your experience is. And if you're afforded the opportunity to, to visit and these new timelines that have been put in place around the August 1st um, prior to junior year, and they've moved up the dates for what they can have for official visits, Players, you have the time to go do this. And, yeah, summer is going to be crazy, and it could get busy for you. But if your tournament's Thursday through Sunday and you've got Monday and Tuesday to go do a visit, like don't kick the can down the road. Get to that college campus. Meet those coaches because the quicker you can get to a yes or a no, the quicker you get to clarity and the quicker you get to a decision that you want. Hopefully it's a yes. If it's not a yes – Early on in your process or as you go through this, if you've got four or five different schools that you're looking at that are recruiting you, the goal isn't to – you're not committing to all five. You need to get down – you're going to have to say no four times. So you want to get to those no's as quick as possible so you can get to the yes as quick as possible. Um, so take advantage of the opportunity. Enjoy it. Go meet these guys. Get some information and get a really good feel for, you know, what these campuses look like. Yeah, I think the visit is the the biggest part. Um, you know, I used to always say if I can get guys to campus, then I, I have a really good shot. You know, but being able to get to a campus to see what it is that it is that school has to offer, and you know, hopefully, be able to talk to the coaching staff as well. <clears throat> but you'll you'll get a feel for you know what you like and what you don't, and, and I. There, it's invaluable information. You know, you, you need to go actually visit these schools that you're interested in because you might get there and realize like, yeah, I don't really like this place. Or, you know, you might end up a place that you didn't think you were going to like and you visit it and you really like it. So, you know, being able to get that information and go visit these schools and be able, like it gives you more information in your process to figure out what's the best fit for you. I mean, I, I, it's non-negotiable in my opinion that you're going to want to go visit these schools to make sure that it's going to be the right fit for you. You don't want to walk in there blind and, you know, not meet anybody on the team or the coaching staff or, you know, only have phone conversations. You want to sit down in their office and have conversations about what's going on see what they have to offer from a, an athletic standpoint and a school standpoint. Like what do the school facilities look like? What are the dorms? What's the cafeteria? Stuff like that. Like you're going to spend a lot of time there. You know, so you're going to want to you know what those things are going into it. You don't want to get there and be like, I didn't know it was like this. Well, it's on you. You shouldn't have gone there if you didn't know. Like, you should have visited to get all that information. You know, so it's it's things like that. Like, those are things that you can find out on these visits, and you should be taking them as much as you possibly can. Go through the admissions stuff. Like, they do a really good job. They'll take you uh, on a very thorough tour of campus, you know, from a usually from an academic standpoint. And then, you know, the coaches will walk you around what, 
what they have, or you can go walk around yourself, you know? So there's a lot of things you can do in order to, 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 to understand what the right fit is for you on those visits. And they're, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're invaluable for you. Spot on coach glass. Yeah. If you're 25, like, yeah, you can't go on campus and meet with a coach unless it's a camp setting. But if you've got some schools that somebody's giving you good information and like, Hey, that could be a fit. That's where those on-campus camps come into play, you know, and that's kind of your built-in visit. So, uh, I mean, we've harped on it, but I think it's really important to have eyes on where you're at. I think the new timeline is going to, uh, encourage that, um, give guys an opportunity to go see places. You know, even if you're a highly sought after 25 and you get to August 1st and you've got, you know, five or six offers or whatever, when you wake up in the morning, hopefully those coaches have enough patience where you get a chance to go visit campus. Um, if they don't, you might want to think twice about whether you want to play for that guy. Mm -hmm. If they really want you, they should want you to be comfortable with the decision you're going to make. So if you've never seen that campus, you know, and you need a week to get down there to go see it, kindly ask that coach for the time that you want to go down and see campus. Um, if they don't want to afford you that time. You might want to strongly consider the other places that are, that are offering you because they're probably a little bit more invested in you being a part of that program and don't look at you quite as much as a, as a number or, you know, a means to an end when it comes to the recruiting process. So consider that stuff heavily. Uh, it's, I think it's really important to make sure that you're hundred percent comfortable with, with where you're going to go. Cause ideally you're there for four years. Um, so anything you want to add to that coach? Nope. Nailed it. Two for right. two. Ah, man. Well, I am not going to try to go for three for three. So we're going to close this one out. Another good episode, Coach Glass. As as always, absolute pleasure. Mm -hmm. Always can't always. wait to can't wait to see you soon. Oh um, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Uh, what do they call it? Smash the subscribe, smash if you will. It. Smash it. Smash that thing. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please follow and subscribe as well. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, EMD Baseball. Um, if you don't know, first time listener, uh, me and Keith got 25 years of experience coaching college baseball, and we are in the business of helping families navigate this whole thing. Um, so if you need some help and you have any interest or just looking to connect with us and, and maybe get some advice, um, go check out emdbaseball.com. Plenty of information about what we do and who we are there. Um, otherwise, hope you, to hear, hope you guys come back and listen next week. Um, we'll have something good for you, I promise. Thanks, everybody.